Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jerry Park. I'll oh, play it, Joe Perry. I'm on such an Aerosmith kick these days. Even when I'm not crazy in love or heartbroken, I like a song like this. How about you, Southernwood? See, being a late 80s kid, I still go back to the video. All right. <laughs> Where his daughter is showcased in a very sexy manner. It was a whole trio, a trilogy of videos, right? It was crazy. I'll tell you what, Liv Tyler is one of the most beautiful women. Oh, I agree. And... and you know, there's different things that attract us to people. Yeah, those frog lips. And, and well, lips lips are one of my things that I notice, you know, when I when I used to. See, I don't do that anymore right. because I'm married. Right, you just don't and notice. And I'm 100% satisfied. I don't even look at other women anymore. Oh, wow. That's, I don't even notice if you're male or female. That's, wow. Talk and, about human's uh, work. But when I did, right. that was... Can you remember that far back? Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. You know, I did. <laughs> I, I came in yesterday, and the very first words I heard when I walked into the radio station was, Man, 84, you look old. It's the beard. Wow. It's the beard. Oh, and then she tried to cover it up. She says, Oh, no, I'm talking about, you know, the, the Silver Fox look. It looks good on you. Oh, wait, wait. Who nice said cover. this? Who nice said cover. this to you? Uh, it, two guesses. Well, it wasn't Old Lady Hayes. No. It was Christy, wasn't it? Ding, ding, ding. Oh. That's why I gave you two guesses. Right. Well, that's why I said it it's wasn't. Okay, though. It. I mean, she's I got still one a on my first... She's not <laughs> sure. even 30 yet, is she? No, not quite. Well, and this is part of why I wanted to bring you here. But anyhow, this, this, back to go, the lips. Liv Tyler. Get to the Liv Tyler lips, and then we'll, I, I, just we'll get quick, to the real point of tonight's Real quick, Liv Tyler, is a, she has got a beautiful face, mm-hmm. and, and she really does. She has got... Steven Tyler's like I don't he's like stretched out too far, but oh, she got her daddy's right. you know mm-hmm. facial features and she is a very attractive young lady. Yes, indeed. It's she just really weird is. the way he showcases. Well now that is kind of sick. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I it's not like it was just I mean anyway, that's not what we're here to do. Yeah, talk I can't about see having thing. I'm singing lady and having nanny draped out over a car or something. Right. That would be it's gross. Odd. It's odd. Anyway, well, she's not my daughter, so it's not odd for me. But you know, if I think about anyway, um, I will be turning thirty Saturday. It's congratulations. It's freaking me out. Oh yeah, good job. You haven't died yet. <laughs> Why is thirty freaking you out? I don't. Man? I don't know. It's it's more like. Uh, 
It's not necessarily baby fever. That's more a, a woman thing. And I actually, when I think about like... Wow, that sounded so sexist. Yeah, I was trying to be sexist there. <laughs> but, ironic, but ironically sexist. You know, I'm not actually sexist. It's just irony. Anyway. <clears throat> it's not really baby fever. As I think about the prospect of having kids. And like, if I did have a kid, I'd have to deal with it. It would probably change me. I'd take it very seriously. But I don't want kids right now. And you I'm don't need really, kids right now. <laughs> I'm not really rushing to get married anytime soon either. So I'm not sure what it is. I think part of it is like, what is your role in life? Not the like beyond pleasing yourself. Okay. Like, what should I do in terms of career, number one? And that's not really what would define me, but, like, where should I center myself? And for some reason, the big three O is making me think in those terms. Now, I got time to figure stuff out. It's just a sure. number. Like, I've grown up, I think, a lot in, say, the last few years and backslid in the last few years, too. It's weird how that works. You grow up and you mature in some ways. And then you sort of fall into a fog, into a haze in other ways. But I feel like I'm waking up. And I especially feel good. It's weird. Because I was so used to the school schedule of school starts, I know in August, starts. But fall is really when my year began. And I would always think of my life and the calendar in terms of the year begins when school begins. School doesn't really ramp up until you're into the fall and especially in high school with football season. And, like, it feels like a, a new beginning. And so the fall, and especially going into the holiday season, reminds me of, oh, that's come again. And so it's made me think, okay, for the last few years, I've sort of endured, just trudged through uh, the weird emotions I've been dealing with. And now it's like, okay, what are you going to do? What's your role in life? Whether it's your role in the radio or your role towards other people. What do you want to make of yourself? Like you, it's not a bad problem to have. I'm not. I'm gonna make that clear. I'm not up here complaining. It's more like, get this whole life ahead of you. What are you gonna do with? It? It's like you're realizing something. Yeah. And and I think I think your birthday, especially with your birthday being right there. It. I mean, dead in between Christmas and Thanksgiving. I mean, those are times of the year that everything shut down, and it gives you that pause yeah. where you're not thinking, okay, what am I going to do on the show tonight? Well, I'm not doing a show tonight. I don't have to worry about it. And you can kind of process things. And and it does, when those holidays especially start running together, and it's like, man, it seems like just yesterday we were doing Thanksgiving. Mm. And and the older you get, the faster time. And it's cliche. It's true. But it, it, it really is true because, you know, I'm thinking back right now, I'm trying to remember where I was at 30. And I'm only 45. It's not like I'm ancient. Well, and real quick, let's put this in political terms. Like, it seems like yesterday, right, that Donald Trump was elected. Yeah. It doesn't seem like two years ago. And in, in ways, it seems like yesterday that Obama was reelected. Right. And Obama was elected. And George Bush was elected. All those things, those are, right. you, know, uh, you, you know, those are set points that you remember. Big historical moments 
everybody's paying attention to. Yeah, and, and, and they don't have to be some catastrophically historical moment. It's just, right. you know, every four years, something See, big happens every two years or what have well, you. Well, to flesh this out, 9-11 does seem like the past. The, to me, the far gone past. It, I was a just became a teenager then. Yeah. If you're talking 17 years ago, yeah, I was 12, 13 years old when 9, I was 12 years old when 9-11 happened. And 12-year-old Joey is very different than 30-year-old Joey. That's also a major thing I'm learning. Like, 25-year-old Joey is uh, a lot different than 30-year-old Joey, whereas I feel like I'm not going to be quite as different. Like, I talked to somebody who now is 40. I talked to somebody who's like 35. I'll talk to somebody in their 50s or in 60s. There's differences, but I feel like I'm communicating with people on the same page, whereas I talk to a 22-year-old, I'm like, that's a kid. So a lot of changes have happened real quick. Yeah. I've had to grow up a lot. And, and, and you know, saying that, just like 9-11, I have a 20-year-old child, and she is a grown woman, and right. she acts like one, and she is responsible, and she, I mean, she just lives like a grown woman. Even she's still in school and doing this and that. She was the only one of my four children that were even born when 9-11 happened. Hmm. And you, you kind of remember it. She doesn't remember it all. Right. Sydney was Sydney's twenty, so she's ten. Your minor. She was one and a little bit, right? When when that happened, and so she knows about it, but she has no clue how it changed the world. And really, you don't. I don't think. I, I know you don't have the same perspective that I have. No. I remember. I was a grown man right. living on my own, uh, you know, providing for myself right. with my own job at the time. And when that happened, I mean, it was just, there's, you know, songs and this and that. I know Alan Jackson's got a great song, but I mean, when, I mean, the world stood still. I mean, all of a sudden it was like, how in the hell did this just happen? Right. You know, in you get into whatever you want to believe about how, why, who was involved, does not matter. It stopped the world from moving. For three days, the world quit turning. But it's still part of that saga of your adult life, and also the prime of your adult life. You're not yet into, like, the fall, winter part of your life. Right, right. It's like, uh, you know, like my parents, they talk about, they remember when John F. Kennedy got assassinated. Mm. They remember exactly where they were, because, I mean, it just, it stopped everything. Right. And those th there's those moments, I guess, in each generation that you remember, you know, Vietnam was a big thing. I don't really know hardly anything about Vietnam hmm. because, I mean, it just right. didn't. I you mean, read that, about it. You see my Ken Burns doc now, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand what happened and this and that, but it doesn't, I don't know about, you know, the riots and, and sure. the marching and protesting and, and all the other political things that were involved over here beyond just the actual, you know, battles and wars right. that they fought over. Uh, in North and South Vietnam, and, and so this is, but this is what I'm getting at is that I, I feel like I'm, I'm approaching, and this is the irritating thought, is that I know how to, in a way, please myself, not not necessarily make myself happy. That's a whole other, I think, ball game. It's more, I know how to, you know, self-medicate, for lack of a better word. And I don't mean like drugs. I mean like, fulfill your desires, or just in the moment. I know how to make sure everything sort of seems copacetic, but not really. 
where it's like, okay, I've got some entertainment on, I've got food, I've got and I've got my routine, and just go through the routine, uh, do the things that you've always done and always liked, and just keep going with that, man. Just keep going with that. That's what's always worked for you. There's, it will, it'll work out. It'll work. Actually, maybe it won't work out. And how fast these last two years have been going? Well, it'll be five and ten years, and you wouldn't have made an, a, a really thoughtful, reflective decision on the course you want to take with things. And that's the worry that sneaks into the back of my brain. It really has nothing to do with turning 3-0. It has more to do with, ooh, you could easily fall into a groove in life, not of your purposeful choosing, but you could just sort of go with the flow. And I don't want to be that way. I want to just yeah. sort of grab it by the, by the reins. And, and, and I, th- I think numbers, and I, I don't. Get, you could ask me how old I am, or any, it doesn't bother me for me to tell you my age. I'm not. You I mean, know, you are looking a little old. I'm, yeah, I, I am looking old, but it, but I've earned this. And, you earned and the beard. Yes. I'm not vain to the point that oh, I don't want somebody to know my age. But I think numbers do give you a point in your life that you can look back because you know, hitting you're you're trying to get older. Pretty much until you get to be 21. I want to be 21 so I can go buy alcohol. Or I want to be... T- I remember one of... I was desiring to be 25 because my car insurance dropped in half when I hit 25. I was so fired up. Which I right. was married at that time. <laughs> but, I mean, it just... I was so fired up. But then when you hit 30... It, that may be one of those numbers you start looking at. Because, I mean, you look at me. I'm 45. And people would not even... They might say I'm middle-aged. But, you're, I mean, you're, I'm you're pretty close. much... I, you're I'm coming close. to the... I'll put it this way. You're coming to the end of your summer. Think about it this way, though, Joey. The end of your life How summer. many 90-year-old men do you know? How many? Not many. Not many. Not any, really. That means I am beyond middle age, And it's just like when you hit 30... You're like, you may not consciously even know this, but you're thinking, all right, 60. How many people are 60 years old? You know, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. How established are they? Are they worried about, you know, the things that I'm worried about right now? No, the successful ones are not. Am I that successful? I'm not that successful yet. And you, those things, even if they're subconscious, they're running through your mind is, right. you know, I'm renting an apartment. And I'm not picking on you, but I'm renting an apartment. I'm not married. Right. I'm 30 years old. I'm pretty much halfway through my life, my right. useful life. And where do I go? <laughs> your useful life. Yeah. Well, hey, you going to pick on me? I'm going to pick on you. <laughs> it's, it's reminded me of that seat of Dumb and Dumber. Or she's like, I'll watch your stuff for you, young young man. It's like, well, thank you, ma'am, for showing me that old people, though somewhat pointless, are still of value to the society. <laughs> and then he, it just cuts to him walking into his apartment, slamming the door shut. I got robbed by a little old lady on a motorized cart. <laughs> Maybe because you were an a-hole to her, sir. Well, that um, but, no, I see your, your point. And uh, about the status symbols. Like, oh, you don't have kids. You don't have, you're not married. Uh, in ways I'm not as, like, happy as where I would want to be in terms of self-sustaining, like, really building up a nest egg of wealth with career. Though I love the job, it's like, I gotta, that's a big, I'll just be honest with folks. I love what I do, but there's a anxiety here of, like, am I actually able to sustain this and make a life out of it? And that's something I have to figure out. 
And it's something I, right. I have to figure out. I'm not being narcissistic. I'm saying nobody's going to do it for me. Yeah. So, But it's more the anxiety isn't, oh, you haven't gotten married yet. You haven't had kids yet. You don't have, you know, independent wealth, and at least to take care of yourself to the fullest extent you would like yet. It's more like what, choosing, like, do I want to get married? Like, do I even, I haven't even made up those decisions. And God bless people, and I'm not saying, like, bless your heart. I'm saying God bless people, in seriousness, who make those decisions early. We need more people like that building families. More people like that helping to build community. I don't look down my nose like that. But I, I more just look... And go, hmm, part of it is you can't plan it. I'm realizing part of it is you can't keep having conversations like the one we're having tonight. You just have to decide. Pick a path, walk down that road, and then see what happens. It might suck. You can't really, you have no clue. I think that's what I'm coming to is like, well, damn, just take the crap already and get off. And it may be absolutely dynamite. (laughs) <laughs> Once you get over the top of that hill, or it could be completely tragic. Oh, it, it, like, yeah. it, it could, and, and it. And I don't that, know. But, but you know, dude, that got to take hell. The that's life. Yeah, that's life. Take the chance. If you wait, it you know, it's called it's called paralyzation by analyzation. Yes. If you wait until everything's perfect, even you know, I've I've known couples that they get married and they go, well, we don't have enough money to have a child. I look at my wife, and she's the one that starts laughing. Lauren just <laughs>, laughs her rear end off. She's like, oh, if you're waiting for that, forget it. You right. never have enough, but it's an amazing thing about the, uh, I don't know what it is. You always find a way. Right. I don't, I know lots of people. I probably know almost as many people as you know. You know more people Even than me. vicariously, I know so many people. I don't know anybody whose child has starved to death. Right. I don't know anybody that is, you know, living in a car for no reason. Right. It's There are causes behind things like that. It's very rare that and it's, it's a completely it, random you just, thing. You find a way and you make it work. You know, I was having this conversation. I brought it up with Barron earlier today. Uh, that, And I was having a conversation with somebody last night where it... It's amazing if you have, like, these moments where, like, think about your 22-year-old self and, like, oh, at 45, I would have figured it all out. If you told your 22-year-old self you'd have all these kids and all these financial obligations and all these work obligations, and this is what you're going to have to do, it would probably scare the hell out of your 22-year-old self. Maybe not to where you wouldn't do it. But it would be, if you knew the whole path beforehand, would you do it? Well, I, it would, I, I, Or it would be too much to know everything in advance. I, 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 I'll put it this way. If you would have told me the dollar figures, I would have laughed in your face and said, there's no freaking way. The economics. Won't yeah. happen. It The numbers don't add. And that's why I'm right. saying it's it's amazing. How can I and, afford? I can barely feed myself and the wife. Like, how yeah. am I feeding all the kids? And we don't. And getting them stuff. We don't school. live in the lap of luxury. But, I mean, we're we're not poor. Right. At all. I grew up poor. Hmm. I mean, just to put this on you, I grew up, I didn't realize I was poor. I was freaking poor hmm. when I grew up. Okay? But you didn't but, realize it. No. I, I, so I was, you, were, you were just like, this is life. Oh, I was happy as a, a puppy with two Peters. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm... Wait, the puppy's being raised by two gay men named Peter? 
Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, right. I know this fr- the phrase. But yeah, yeah my, but my grandfather used to say that thing all the time, but we're on FCC radio. I, didn't, I didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I can't remember the last names, but anyhow, the uh, it was, you know, you just lived in what you lived in and i and but i was blessed with a great family right. i mean my, my mama was at home uh my daddy loved us and and yeah i mean we got scolded and and I mean, we were taken care of and mm-hmm. and it was just hey and i remember specifically i remember one christmas my mother came to us and uh and she said look it's uh it's gonna be rough this year and and my christmas present was uh, you remember the old game jacks with the little rubber yeah, ball and of, of you course. pick up the jacks? Yeah. I got a game of jacks. That was my Christmas, my entire Christmas. Yeah. And but uh, we all had I think my brother got a card game and I got jacks and my other brother got a yo-yo or something and that was Merry Christmas. Right. And but were you I, unhappy with no, it? No, I didn't feel bad. I didn't sulk and pout. I didn't complain. And and I really, it's only been, as I've gotten older, realizing that's like the only Christmas I remember, except when Daddy got me a 20-gauge shotgun one year. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, awesome. We had a good year. <laughs> that, that year. That awesome. Now, that was, I mean, that was cool. But, yeah. uh, but those are like the only two Christmas presents I remember getting my entire life. Right. Uh, it, it from from my parents and it meant a lot, but but anyhow, it no, it just seems to me like I'm looking at this perspective. It's like you you don't know like what we're capable of, how adaptable we are, how enduring we are. Resilient is another word. We have fortitude. That I for there's a great point, uh, and you know one thing is I I need to keep reading more. I'm, uh, seriously, I've sort of gotten into my routine, and I'm just, this is a shoot. This is me being straight, folks. Uh, I, I think about my role here on the radio. Is it to be for Team A or Team B? Is it to be self-indulgent and weird and whatever? A little askew and, you know, do what other radio hosts have done in history. Uh whether it's a Rush Limbaugh or a, a Stern or a, even a, a Studs Turkle, you know, that sort of crap. Or Turd Ferguson. Or Turd Ferguson. But I, I keep thinking about what's my, my role in terms of r- radio. Is it to scandalize people? Is it to share the latest you know propaganda against the other side that we agree sucks? But I'm starting to think more my... What I think I'm supposed to do is to, to, number one, be myself and be honest, but look for stories that don't necessarily prove a point, but just look for stories that amaze me, surprise me, create a point out of them. And hopefully, whether it makes somebody laugh or it makes somebody cry or gives somebody catharsis, whether I've been through a tragic thing, they can help you get through something, or I've been through an awkward, embarrassing thing and it can get you through something, or I find other people who have been through things, and it helps people understand and realize that, well, number one, I'm not alone in this world. Number two, I really do think alike, beyond just the signifiers. like, Or even that's a complete different perspective than I have on the exact same situation. Right. Let me examine that. Especially when it confounds labels. Especially with like the usual divides, whether religious or political, blah, 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 blah. Sure. 
Uh, I, I love it when people find things in common when they don't expect it. And then it's very funny to me, actually, when people have all these things in common, they become best friends, and then something like politics comes up, and they're like, hate each other all of a sudden. I now find that funny. It's sad. Yeah. It's also kind of funny. Well, it is it's, sad, but I think, I think what you started off with, though, is the most important thing is be yourself. Because, I mean, whether you're talking about your career, whether you're talking about a relationship, yeah. know, marriage with your children, what have you, there's no point in trying to, uh, you know, omit something to someone that you're really not and having to keep that persona up. Right. Because you're having to think twice. if you're. It's like, uh, what's his name said? If you never lie, you never have to remember what you said. Right. And and if you're just honest and you just be yourself, then you don't have to worry about, oh, you know, walking in here. Because sometimes you do the show, and, and I think all of y'all are really good about letting your personalities really come sure. out. Everybody on this station. And when you're down, by damn, we can tell you're down. <laughs> and But you don't make any, you know, you're just like, hey, look, it's not a good day. It, you know, it sucks. You know, I've, I've got some, and you may or may not divulge exactly what is going on, but right. I got some stuff going on today. And, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of a crappy show, but, <laughs> we'll but you know, we're going to get through it. it. We'll try to make the best but, of it. But, but people appreciate that rather than coming in, hey, this is Joey Clark on the Joey Clark Radio Hour tonight. Right. And I just want to tell you how happy I am to be here and right. entertaining right. all you in the River Region. How's everybody doing out there in Millbrook tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to do something well, like that and have to force it. Well, and it's just a it's a it's kind of renewal. It's not spring yet. It's but again, I like revisiting things around my birthday or in the middle of Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's sure. it's it's a time that reminds you of all these things we're talking about, like identity and family and friendships and uh, your assumptions about people in the world. Uh, you know, it, it reminds you, and I take this sort of inventory, and, you know, it seems appropriate with this, you know, birthday here uh, coming up on Saturday. This week will be the last of my 20s on the radio. You know, and you saying, talking about stories, and it goes to the kind of the heart of it, people assume things. And uh, you said, you know, we didn't even realize we were, you didn't realize you were poor. I'm sure your folks might have realized uh, that they were, you know, it wasn't terrible, it wasn't an awful life, no, but it, no. they realized that, you know, how hard they had to work. Yeah, and, and, and we didn't, and I'm not, I'm not I just to make that clear, we never wanted for anything. We right. had plenty to the eat. basics. We had clothes. Right. I had, now I had patches on my jeans. Sure. People looked at me a little funny from time to time, here's but th- I had blue jeans. Well, and here's the thing. And Could have been worse off. There's a, a economist I love, Deirdre McCloskey, and she writes brilliantly from whether you're talking about the breadth and depth of the history of economic and wealth developed over human history to little anecdotes like this one, where there are people studying poverty, so to speak, in particular in rural parts of the United States. And these do-gooders, I mean, they're well-intentioned. We want to help people. We want to lift people up. We can't just shut doors behind people now that we've made it more privileged in this world. And in particular, we come to rural parts of the South. And there will be these assumptions that, look at these people. And this one, you know, 
two, three room farmhouse. And they got six kids in there. And they're, you know, hog farmers. In a way, that's actually where my dad's side of the family comes from. Um, and this one researcher kind of looked at the, the mom, the matriarch of the family, and was like, don't you realize you're poor? It's essentially the point. And she said, we're not poor. It's because I don't have fancy clothes and I don't have a bunch of stuff. Doesn't mean I'm poor. Number one, all the stuff that I work for, I save for these kids so they can go off and do better things. So I'm not poor at all. And I'm happy to work for it. Some days are tougher than others. But it's amazing. Like, think of an image of poverty. Like, somebody kind of sitting out who has to work the fields all day and it's not a big... You're not... They're... They may be unhappy, they may be happy, but it's very difficult to look at a picture and go, oh, they're poor. They're not. No. Well, and I think about, like, my dad's family, because, again, this is applying to all my life, where they did grow up in a very little farmhouse. Now on that property is what is essentially a southern mansion. The farmhouse is still there, or the old one. That very nice house is there, too. And my mother's side... You know, Polish immigrants living in, you talk about divisions today, the ethnic divisions. Because you, the Polish stay with the Polish, the Irish stay with the Irish, the Italians and the blacks and whatever. You stay in your little ghetto. Yeah. And out of that, guy, you know, I believe he worked in a, my great grandfather worked in a paint factory. The guy I'm named after, Joseph Skinacki. And his son, who's now, I do know, I don't know many 90-year-old men. I know some 80-something-year-old men, like my grandfather Ron or my grandfather Ray, though that's not his real first name, but I won't reveal the embarrassing real one. <laughs> <laughs> no, and to see that they come from those humble beginnings, they serve the country, they save. Life wasn't always easy. It wasn't easy when he's in Thailand, he's on tour during Vietnam. And, you know, the... His wife, Doreen, is helping raise kids on her own. It's tough. But yeah. to see the whole perspective, to take the time to look at the whole breadth and depth of just one generation to me, like two, two generations that took to where I am now. It's like I got to take the ball and run with it. And I don't know exactly what it will be, but, uh, you know, I, it kind of gives me hope for all the, excuse me, bitching and moaning that we do, and rightfully do some days, life tends to get better. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you're talking about being poor, and it's, I, I just, I love the, and I've, I've said it before, is the, the true measurement of wealth is not the amount of money you have. It's not the price of the things that you have. The true measurement of wealth are the things that you have in your life which no amount of money could pay for. And the memories of growing up like I did, of spending time with my mother, of spending time with my grandparents and working with my daddy day in and day out. I would take that over, you could give me any house, any piece of property right. in the city of Montgomery, and I would say, no. Nah leave my memory because memories are more wealthy than dollar bills i agree i mean they really are when it comes down to it well and as you said most people we're adaptable we uh we find a way 
And there's, you know, there's an old proverb about or a story about, you know, this rich millionaire goes down to the Bahamas and he's on vacation and he goes out on this fishing boat and the guy goes out. I mean, he just catches just a buttload of fish and he's like, man, you're great. Uh, you know, I'm a businessman. Here's what you need to do. You know, you're living over here in this shack. You know, you don't even have pants. I mean, you're just barely making it. He said, you know, you, you need to get, uh, uh, you know, get another boat and teach him where to go and fish. And, and then, you know, once that boat gets paid for, you can buy another boat. Right. And then you've got three boats running. And then before you know it, you can just be, you know, overseeing the project. And you've got ten boats out there running. And then, you know... 15, 20 years from now, you'll have like a, a multi-million dollar business and you can sell it. And the guy, you know, sitting out there in his little skirt, he looks at me and says, well, then what am I going to do? He says, well, then you can take off and do whatever you want to do. He says, you mean like go out fishing every day? And this guy's like, yeah, you can go fish every day. He's like, well, I already do that now. Why put yourself through all that crap when you're already doing goes back to your original point do what you're good at and what you want to do be yourself and take me or leave me i mean relationships down well said yeah it's just a matter of kind of walking your path yeah we'll be right back gotta hit a quick break folks joey clark Southern Wood request. You like this song? Love this song. It's one of my favorite MJ songs. It is good. It's unique sounding. He had the most magnificent voice. I want to get into something we texted about earlier today. About the best holidays. And, you know... Yeah, I think that would be interesting. There there are a lot of holidays in America that I find that Thanksgiving is very unique. Thanksgiving is kind of like, look at how much we got. Let's just relax. It's a very relaxing holiday for the most part. Eat a lot. Watch some football, fall asleep. And then a lot of our, like, it's a bit crass, but Patrice O'Neill said that, you know, 20, 30 years from now on 9 11, all we're going to do is maybe, you know, cook out, hang out. Yeah. Um, especially as we get, people get older and not as many people are living that day, uh, or really, who really remember it. 
But I really think the special one is the holidays that transcend the American experience. So, like Christmas. And I think Christmas is a, it's a taken on a life of its own beyond. I think the reason for the season is you should remember it's Jesus, obviously. That's why the vast majority of Americans still call it Christmas. Um, but it's also obviously taken on a life beyond the Christian holiday. Yeah, it's be- mm-hmm. and and I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. I think we can have both, and we should have both. This the spirit of of goodwill and good tidings. It's, and- it's like anything. I mean, you can. There's good and bad to everything, well, and people. And that's you get to the having to pick sides. Well, I hate Christmas because they've they have oh, they've, they've just destroyed Jesus Christ. Commercialized it. Yeah, and and then on the other hand, it's like, oh no, this is the day Jesus was born. I know what it really wasn't, but it's a day to remember that that God's you know actually oh, yeah. put His Son in human form. Well, and, and it's the fun one where it's like He's alive, and and like these guys come out of nowhere following a star, and they give him gifts, and like it's awesome, man. But it's yeah. humble beginnings, even though He's treated like a king. It's cool. It's like the happy, like oh, it's like the beginning of a great story. Or a great movie where you're like, yeah, that's that's the guy. Yeah, but they t- <laughs> see that's that's when, the guy who's when, gonna be like. I, I like Christmas. Do... Don't get me wrong. I like Christmas. I oh, like being around the family. Not as important as Easter, and, and I love it, and I, I, all that, and, and not even to go to the Easter thing. But I just just when you when you really realize, you know, the wise men they they no they they didn't come to Bethlehem. When he was in the manger, that that didn't happen. But you've heard of the it story. Was, no, no, no. They they came, but it was like a year and a half later. Right, it was later. And so it's the the nativity scenes with the wise men and all that. St- no, you're making you're reminding I, me of. I, I I get too technical. And that's talking, my fault. That's right, my fault. You're reminding me of Talladega Nights. Now we've already done one stupid movie reference of Dumb and Dumber. Now you're reminding. <laughs> no, my I like Jesus as little baby Jesus. So I'm going to pray to little baby Jesus. <laughs> And so it's like, why are you only playing? Because he's my favorite one. But now, I mean, I love Thanksgiving because that's that's the one time of year I don't go out of town much. My wife's family uh, lives down in Tallahassee, but every Thanksgiving, I think, save one, uh, we go to Tallahassee every year. I don't cook anything. I don't do anything. I just go down there. It was like this year, most years, it's just for a day. I yeah. drive down Wednesday night, spend Thursday down there, drive back Thursday night. Okay. And, but it's just a day just to go down there and see all our... And I really like my... So <laughs> most of my in-laws and... Uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, my immediate in-laws I, I really like. But that's a good... I like that one but for that fact. Uh, you know, Christmas is... I don't you know, know. You like Thanksgiving better than Christmas, in in a way. Uh, but is like for my favorite is my favorite is probably like Memorial Day. Uh, I mean, it just grouping all holidays. Oh, really? Okay. Not in importance, but Memorial Day we always do so. You know, have a big cookout, and okay. it's it's not just family. It's like a whole big community thing. 
You and see, so his friends okay. and family and his... So it's uh, the tradition that's developed in your circle. Yeah, just okay. in my personal circuit that, I mean, I enjoy that one probably the most. And it's warm and you get out and, you know, do whatever, swim, play volleyball. See, for me, it is uh, Christmas. It's the one where I'm still happy to carry on what little traditions, you know, we suburban, you know, whatever, bourgeois middle-class honkies lived, my parents and I and my brother Will. Uh, it, well, I mean, here's a stupid tradition, and I am being self-deprecating. Please, if y'all are offended what I just said, get over it. Good lord, you snowflakes. Um, but early Christmas morning, especially as we got older, um, Santa, instead of bringing gifts, started to stock the stove full of cinnamon rolls, the oven full of cinnamon rolls and bacon. And we'd all eat cinnamon rolls and bacon, have a little milk or orange juice, whatever. And that would be breakfast on Christmas morning. Now, I, I will say I eat bacon all the time these days, as we were saying earlier. I hope I don't get butt cancer, because that's apparently what the authorities <laughs> say. Uh, if you eat too much, you know, cured meat. But uh, I don't usually eat cinnamon rolls and bacon together. And that's a Christmas thing. Though it's great together. Right? You try to keep it special. You try to be like sweet little baby Jesus and cinnamon rolls and bacon. That's my memory. So we would usually do the night before Mass. Um, that became the tradition. Do the night before Mass, then go over to my grandmother. Uh, I called her Granny Helen's. And we would do some gift giving that evening at her get together. And then we go home, sort of ease into it. You know, next morning, because we'd already gone to Mass, it's like, okay, well, now we're just going to ease into it. And then there would be, go over to one family side of the family, then go over to the other side of the family. And sometimes we yeah. break it up over two days. Um, and then it developed into, like, games. That every, you know, when you're a kid, you all, everybody gives you gifts. But as you grow up, you're now doing the Dirty Santa stuff. And we play these games, and, you know, it's weird to me is like and i know i keep bringing this up for folks who listen to the show yeah we're still kind of keeping that going it's not the same yeah people have moved people have died i mean people are getting older it's not the same crowd it's not the same energy no it's still but it's enough that we're still doing it to be clear and part of me is like okay christmas if i have to choose one focal point of where do I want to keep traditions alive in the past going into the future and maybe create it a little bit anew, it would be around Christmas time. I yeah. like it. It's magical. It can be sad as hell, too, if you're sad for good reason. But be, it's like you said, everything's good or bad. So the, the highs are really high and the lows are really low. Yeah. And see, that's that's the thing about Christmas. And, and we've, we've kind of, in our family, we've kind of gotten past, like, where you're talking about kind of the midpoint because which we were we were blessed i guess you would say is uh that that my grandfather i mean the patriarch of our family i mean the the, the sharps are a, a small family yeah uh now our extended family is huge but but the actual name that was that was him my uh my my daddy he had two sisters and then I mean, it's it's small coming down to us, but my grandfather lived for a long time, and that's the way we would get up on Christmas morning. Everybody in the family, my daddy, his t two sisters, my first cousins, all lived in the same area. 
we would get up and do our Christmas at the house in the morning and then meet at mom and pop's, my grandparents' house, for lunch. And and really, after after pop died, it just kind of it just kind of stopped. It was, you know, nobody wanted to be up there because Pop wasn't right. there. Right. And and so it just kind of morphed into now we're growing into... A new tradition. You know, what, yeah, what we do, you know, at, at, at my house and, you know, my children and my brother's come over and and we're kind of doing it there and and you're, you're figuring out it goes back to our initial point of tonight is you sort of figure it out it's like okay this came and so let's let's keep it alive let's keep it going yeah and see see my children are now growing up with with that and i guess i've never really thought about it this way i grew up with hey we're going to mom and pop as soon as we get to open up presents. Yep, and we're going to play football on the side yard. We, I mean, that's just what we did, and you know, that's gone. But now, right. it's we're going to Uncle Clay's house, you know, right. and and we're going to be there, and and I, I do love it, but it's just you can't get away from the memories of pop's not here, right? You know, mama's not here, right? And. It's tough. You know, daddy's here, but... But it gets... It, he's absent. First, it really hurts. And then it starts to be like, well, this is an opportunity to to enjoy myself, to enjoy the company of the family, but also kind of create new ones in, in honor of the past. Um, in particular, those patriarchs and those matriarchs. Um, it, it's, a, it's a weird time for me. It just is. And I'm sure it's a weird time for all sorts of people for all sorts sure. of reasons. And I just, I can only speak to what I'm going through and it's a good thing what I'm going through. It's it's a, it's like my real conundrum is that I have all this freedom in front of me. All these choices. And one thing I've, I've learned uh, that I am prone to and I'm trying not to fall into is uh, freedom can become a prison. That it's well put, and, and well, it, because it's not really freedom at all. You think you, where the mistake happens is when you start thinking that having my options open, always having one foot maybe in the pool, one foot on on ground, or straddling the fence, having you know all these options is what gives me freedom. No, it doesn't. No. Freedom is when you stick to something and you decide this is what I stand for and I'm going to try to uphold it, sustain it, maintain it, make it grow even further, or fight for it. Yeah. And that's that's ooh, that's where it's at. And of course you want more options in the sense of I'd like to go see the world, all these things people dream about, I suppose. But it's really that freedom is finding, I think, the responsibility and making the choice yourself. I don't think anybody can give it to you. It can't be forced on you. Responsibilities that are forced on you that you do begrudgingly, I don't think, are... You still have to choose it. I think that's yeah. where it Yeah, comes. to an extent. Yeah, it can be like, oh, I don't want to do this, but you make the choice. You decide to go for it. And you decide to stick with something. Um, but if you're sort of... Yeah, that's not an option these days, luckily. We're not being forced into too much. But I, I just do worry some people have so many options uh, these days that they... It's, uh, it's like standing in a... 
I convenience store, yeah. and all the candy is there. And you, I mean, you've got everything from Snickers, M and M's to right. you know Reese's cups, and you're just standing there, and you've got the freedom to buy any of them, but you you're frozen, frozen because you're like, oh, I really want a Reese's cup, but man, I love peanut butter, you know stuffed M&M's. Oh, but the M&M's were real peanuts in them. Those are really good, mm-hmm. too. Oh, I hadn't had a Mounds in I don't know how long. And so you get stuck in this anxiety of... When you've got one foot here and one choose? foot there, yeah. you're nowhere. You've got plenty of quote-unquote freedom to right. do whatever you want to do, but you're stuck in nowhere. And, and this is a real weird way to put this, and we're pretty much got two minutes left. Is do you, I, I've now, these days, entertainment. You stream it. Like Hulu, Netflix, blah, 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 blah. Anything you want to pay for and you pick it on demand, a la carte. Uh, I remember, like, when it's like, what's on TV is 30 channels. That's what you got. What usually <laughs> happened, it could be three channels. Yeah, I know. My, that's, that's your generation. It's my dad's generation. And, be, and back, three channels. And so what happened is either there was something on TV you really wanted to watch, and so you're dedicated to that channel or that program, or... There wasn't anything good on TV, so you did something else. Or maybe the TV's on in the background, but you're not really paying attention to it. It's just an excuse to hang around. Yeah. So I, I think there, there's something to this idea that freedom is more options, more options, more options. It's not. It is, I think, more finding things that make you feel empowered. So maybe freedom isn't just standing there, you know, your candy store analogy where, oh, I can't decide. Freedom might be biting into that Reese's. Yeah. And and sticking and just savoring it. Yeah. And, and if you don't like it, you can spit it out. And then the ultimate. That's your freedom. Well, yeah. And also the ultimate freedom might be biting into that Reese's and realizing, I don't need it anymore. I savored it. It was good. Now, I might be involved in something else. Now, I might eat something healthy. Having control over that choice, that volition that we all have. Um, Having some sort of fashioning it to some sort of shape and direction, I think, is uh, where real freedom is. And I too often fall into that being paralyzed by wanting all sorts of options and never making an actual choice. Yeah. So I'm going to try to avoid that. It's the hardest thing. It's like the five frogs sitting on a log. Yeah, because once you make that choice, though, it could be like, you chose candy corn, you idiot. Why did you buy candy corn? Oh, well. Yeah, if you bought candy corn, live with it and right. make the most out of the candy corn. Right. Because that's pretty good stuff. It's not bad. But you're it's always going to question yourself at some point. That was one of Mom's favorites, though. So. That's just human nature to question yourself. Oh, there it is. Look at you. You're already a radio talk show host. Growing up before our eyes. Making <laughs> stupid references to songs. I do that. Look at you. We're out of time, folks. Thank you for listening. Good night. Oh, 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 oh,